0: to me as uh, coming is, you know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. So can you believe how much I am in heaven? I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym, I'm getting the feeling of coming at home, I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up, when I pose out in front of 5,000 people, I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right?
1: Rockwired Sound in Albuquerque, New Mexico, of all places, this is Rock Show, presented by Rockwired Magazine, with your host Brian Lush, exclusively at rockwired.com, and today we give you music from Boba Flex, Zero King, Militia Box, Nick Coyle, Edge of Paradise, Station, Vajra, Dishwalla, and Kittenhead, and you'll be hearing, well, just about everything on Rockwired's mind, so stick around for more. Rock Show is powered by Rockwired Media LLC, a limited liability company. Please stand by. Hey, it's Brian Lush here with the second episode ever of Rock Show, and uh, this show I think is a great is going to be a great one, and uh, I think it's going to set the tone for shows to come. And uh, before I get started, I should explain myself with that intro about Arnold Schwarzenegger and coming. Uh, it comes from the film Pumping Iron, and in the upcoming edition of Rock Wired, the October edition of Rock Wired magazine, we're going to be doing a feature on the forty. 40- Anniversary of the film and its impact. We've already spoken with the director George Butler, and then that was an interesting interview. And also we spoke with IFBB Pro Sean Ray. So the piece is still in the works, but it's shaping up to be a great story. And for those of you who might not be too familiar with the film, here's a little bit of a trailer. Welcome to this year's Mr. Olympia. There, there certainly, certainly has been never been a competition, competition like, like this before. Lou Ferrigno! Ronald Schwarzenegger!
0: You have to do everything possible to win. I dreamt about all last night. I said, Louie is waiting for you in the
2: shadows.
0: Well, I've not been beaten for the last seven years.
2: You're gonna be the biggest thing that ever went out on that platform at 275
3: pounds, really. Uh, they know that, and he knows it.
0: If he's in shape, fine. I hope he is.
3: I'll more weight. Let's go. I'll oh, beat him!
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wherever he goes, you pose down with him. Let the judges make a comparison. You look at your arms like you're admiring him, and then you go, boom.
0: When it comes to the day of the contest, I will mix him up. He will be ready to lose. I called say... my mother yesterday already and I said I won.
2: When we get out there, I have only one thought in mind.
0: We're going to win. No more, no more. It's going to be very hard to
2: beat.
1: Uh, very hard. The winner of the 1975 Mr. Olympia is... You will never get this chance again.
4: She's going to fix me up with your sister. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's right. The film came out in 1977, it made a star out of Arnold Schwarzenegger, it redefined masculinity, and it made bodybuilding something that wasn't so fringe it kind of still is but 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 it's not but but not like the way it used to be i mean you expect a guy to work out these days and uh, so keep your eyes open for that story in the october edition of rockwired magazine it'll be out uh, october 2nd and i mean that this time i mean we, we are really moving along with this issue and i'm excited to get everybody to 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 open it up and read it so but 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 and also in the october edition we will be featuring the band Bobaflex. They have been friends of ours for years, and they're back with a brand new album called Eloquent Demons. And uh, I had a chance to speak with, with their lead singer, Marty McCoy, who act, Who is actually related to the McCoys and the Hatfields? For those of you who know your history, uh, <laughs> they, uh, the, yeah, it, it's a fantastic album. They're touring for it right now, and here's a little clip of our interview with Marty. And uh, the sound's not so great. We're only you're only going to hear a few seconds of it. Uh, he was in the middle of nowhere, and uh, but you know, here's what he had to say. Sean came up
5: with the name of the album. We always like. It's a little, like a little lighthouse for the direction of the album. So Sean came up with the name Eloquent Demons and he was like, it's kind of about all
1: From their album Eloquent Demons, here is Boba Flex with Long Time Comin'. i a alone. Boba Flex with long time coming off of their brand new album *Eloquent Demons*, and you can check out the music video right here at Rockwire.com, and you'll see that it sort of gives a nod to *Bohemian Rhapsody* in a couple of frames. You know, they're all in all in a black background and all singing the chorus. So, you know, great video, great band, and I wish them all the luck in the world. And they are featured on the cover of the October issue. And if you've looked at our at our promo for the October issue, you'll see that everybody on the cover is illustrated. Yes, I t- I just wanted to do something different and I wanted to mark that this is a new step for the magazine and uh, hope and everyone seems to like it and uh, already news of this issue is getting out there and I and I'm and I'm actually happy to see it. And uh, the and I'll be even happier when the issue comes out. Now we turn our attention to the winner of the Rockwired Artist of the Month uh campaign and we had some great artists that were nominated but only one of them could be you know winner of the uh, of the Rockwired Artist of the Month award and uh, that winner is the band Kittenhead uh, a female led punk rock band and uh, just fantastic stuff. I had a chance to speak with the band's front woman uh, Ki- uh Kivi regarding the band and here's what she had to say.
6: I mean I I really like our music. I love rock music and I love loud guitars and, and you know, entertaining people and high energy music that has positive message that people can get behind. So I feel really positive about it because not only is it a, a decent product, but it translates really well to our stage show and we can basically reproduce everything that's on the cd live um which you know i just feel like in today's music world people do all sorts of stuff on a cd but then they can't carry it live um you know one of the most shocking things i've heard in the last few years was i read this article and it was about uh, Mumford and Sons and the first paragraph they were like, and they play their own instruments. And I'm like, really?
1: From their debut album, here is Kittenhead with Tin Man. Rockwired Artist of the Month, Kittenhead with their song Tin Man off of their debut album and uh, when I spoke with the lead singer of Kittenhead she brought up some interesting points about rock and roll and another one bringing up some interesting points about rock and roll is cultural critic Camille Paglia and for those of you that don't know her, look her up, she's written some fantastic books like Sexual Personae and uh, Vamps and Tramps and uh, just has some you know far out ideas about what's going on in art and culture and in a talk that she gave recently you know a, a, a guy got up there and asked her about why rock and roll has no balls anymore well you know he must be in a place where all oh, they play is Ed Sheeran or something I don't know but here's what she had to say and it gave me some food for thought
0: you know it's really sad how how rock okay has diminished uh, as in terms of its national appeal there's when no, I mean, there's no doubt it, you know I've seen charts pie charts which show that hip-hop is now something like three-quarters uh, of the of music sales you know in the world right now Hip, hip-hop has taken over uh, now where I am in um, in Philadelphia the in most of the uh, stations are devoted to, to hip-hop you know or to you know or to like oldie goldies or something like that and it's only when I travel in, 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 sometimes I'm, I'm taking the, the airplane even okay and I, and, I, and I try to have a little radio and I can hear the station as we're passing over and in, in, in hard rock still survives in the heartland of the United States okay, you have to get away from the major cities and it's still there It's like raw you know heavy visceral music and yes that testosterone I've written about that okay the, the high testosterone okay, of, of the of the you know heavy metal rock guitarists and so on right so actually you know, rock is kind of persisted and uh, there are markets all over the world. I, mean, I love this, uh, the documentary of Iron Maiden. They made maybe five, six years ago. I, I mean, it's a fabulous documentary that shows them when their own jet, okay, being being driven by, you know, when he, the, the guy has a pilot's license, all right, and, and going around the world and the incredible response, mass response, okay, to the kind of rock that they, they do. So it still, still lives, okay. But I think that that's another thing, okay, is that, music today the way it's being made okay I mean the the intricacy of, of hip-hop I and mean, the, the, the you know the rhythm it, there's so many fascinating things about it but the problem is the way hip-hop records are being made now um, is not conducive to it seems to me to artistic development of musicians okay? that is uh, what's happening is that you get like a very brilliant uh, uh, young guy okay who who provides a beat a great beat okay so then they take the beat and they and they and they bring it over to somebody else who makes the lyrics for it Okay, somewhere else and then they and then they present it it to, like, a major song, you know, singer, okay, like Rihanna or whatever, okay? Now, that way of doing music, okay, where, where you where it's, ever, it's all fragmented and you don't have the people actually meet, the way the Stones do it, to meet together in a room, okay, and to and have a synergistic energy, you know, with each other, et cetera, really bouncing off each other and everything going on to the intuitive level, right? And that's why, you know, the Rolling Stones always say, you know, that they, they, they will never record a track, okay, separate uh, tracks, everything has, to, and if there are any flaws, in it they 'll leave the flaws, which I think is fantastic it's like that's you what know, way a jazz performance you know would be so you have like in you know um you know, uh, you know give me shelter Okay the, the great moment which they left, which is cl- the classic moment where you have one of the african American you know singers uh her voice breaks at the, at the top okay and you hear Nick Jagger going, woo like that right and they leave it and and that's important that's important the the rawness of of music that's like again and I, you know uh, so we're in a period where everything is kind of fabricated and um, uh, you know and I'm, and I'm and also the use of there's all kinds of compression things they're using now in production to, to prevent the voice your know, voices from going too high up or too low and this kind of evenness the production is like absolutely fascist the, the way it, the way it like it, it, it's like this like glue you know that's over everything right so anyway, when, I, when I listen to like older songs I like, some, you know, some of them still wow you know they just like they just like they, they just have an emotional authenticity uh, and a vitality and and, um, it, and, so, and another thing is that young people People today in my view uh because they're listening to music uh, often on earbuds okay they're not experiencing uh music as, as we did as something coming from speakers okay that is vibrating the body okay all right so i mean the the, the, the line, big line, would vibrate you you'd feel it in your bones okay and so so young people are getting music that's like it's like we're kind of kind of up here okay uh, there's nothing that uh, you know that 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 moves them. You know, so, so that's another 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 issue. So I mean, I could go on and on. My litany of problems, okay, problems. But <laughs> right, thank you for that question.
1: <laughs> that was cultural critic Camille Paglia on the state of rock and roll and the state of music making in general. And as a rock and roll magazine, we're sort of taking that message to heart. You know, rock and roll is all about you know. It's a full body experience. It gets you going. It pumps you up. It you know it, it gets you through the day, and you know, it, and, and it involves. The whole body, not just the upper part of the head where you listen through those tiny little headphones they make these days. And uh, and and as far as what she says about rock and roll coming from the heartland, that's mostly true. I mean, you know, it, it sort of is the last refuge for rock and roll these days. And one of the bands that represents that last stand is the band Zero King. You know, good friends of mine. Uh, they're also on the cover of the upcoming October issue. They'll be in the issue as well, of course. And uh, they will be a uh, releasing a brand new album called The Empire of Sin and just to give you a taste of what's going on there, we haven't talked to them yet but we will be talking to them very soon uh, here is the song Words off of their new album their forthcoming album, The Empire of Sin I rise above
4: the slime that you have slung my way I'm sure you had no clue that would work my way
1: Zero King with words off of their upcoming album, The Empire of Sin, and what you heard was pretty raw and rough. And but uh, but I assure you, the album's coming out very soon, and I'll and I'll give the guys more due diligence. I'll do them more justice next time. That was a little rough on my end, so I apologize for that. But anyway, moving right along, another aspect of our upcoming October issue is a story we're doing on the men's rights movement, and. Uh, and the women behind it—that's right. So the women who have taken charge in that movement—it's something that's fascinated me for a very long time. And I got to interview two leaders in this movement. One of them is Karen Strawn, and the other one is a professor out of Ottawa named Janice Fiamengo. And uh, it, this was like a, a truly fascinating interview. And I can't wait for people to hear—I'm I, not not hear, but but read—you know—the interview in its entire. It's almost finished, and it's going to find its way onto the October 2nd edition of Rockwired magazine. And uh, Karen Strawn was the first that I interviewed, and here's a little taste of what she has to say in regard to the uh, the inequality between men and women.
4: Well, you know, I mean, the, the Ray Rice thing, that's kind of uh,
7: demonstrative if you look at the lead-up to what happened there. You know, you're sort of looking at this, you know, she was, she's slapping him, she's hitting him, she's right. spitting on him. Then they get into the elevator, and she corners him and rushes him, and... Right. And, and it's like, eventually, you know, and this seems to be, you know, the pattern with women, um, is uh, a lot of, or with a lot of women, is is they, they hit because they, I don't know, they're, they're wanting a reaction. And the men tend to give them a reaction that just makes them angrier, which is to... Ignore them. (laughs) tolerate it, right? And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, these women are wanting to get hit, but they seem to be wanting the men to put down a boundary of some sort, as in, yeah, you're not going to do that, right? Right. You're not going to touch me like that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and they'll just keep doing it and doing it until they get... Some sort of version of that response from the man. And uh, unfortunately, Ray Rice is extremely strong, and he was probably very agitated at the time. And because uh, this is why women tend to, in reciprocally violent relationships, tend to get hurt more often um, than in uh, when it's like a, just a man beating his wife and she never hits, is because the man is being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And pushed by the woman hitting him, and then finally, you know, he doesn't hit till he loses control. Well, now he's lost control. And so he's not going to be, he's not going to be restrained at that point, right? Right. He's not going to have any kind of self-restraint at that point. So it just seems to be this horribly destructive cycle that, uh, that happens in...
1: That, right? that was Karen Strawn. And the, the other woman I interviewed is once again is a professor out of Ottawa named Janice Fiamengo. And, 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 and here's her take on things. Well, there are always double standards when
6: women and men are involved. And yes. <laughs> uh, it seems that uh, we're not supposed to notice that. We're all for equality as long as it benefits women. But as soon as equality isn't good for women, then we go back to chivalry and we go back to talking about how women are very delicate creatures and a man must never hit a woman no matter what she's doing to him and uh, women need safe spaces and they must not be talked about in a certain way and the catcall can be so damaging to a woman's self-esteem that it can't go on you know, <laughs> yeah, for the rest of the week. You just have to lie in bed and recover from it. And All of that is somehow congruent with feminist claims that there's no real difference between men and women, and women are capable of doing anything that men are capable of. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty pretty strange, contradictory social discourse.
1: Like I said, this is pretty heavy stuff, and it's going to be a fantastic story. Uh, it'll be embraced by some, and, and, you know, not so warmly embraced by some, but, you know, it's a fascinating you know, it, it gives you something to think about in the battle between the sexes but one woman that's never that, that's always been you know a warrior in my mind is singer Militia Vox. She's been she's re- reached a certain amount of fame as the lead singer in the Judas Priest tribute band Judas Priestess and I got to know her a couple of years ago when she released her debut album and now she's got a brand new single Nick Defilia, and it's, it's an amazing it's a creepy little song creepy video it kind of brings back Memories of Alice Cooper's Welcome to My Nightmare in a Sense, you know, I mean not note for note or nothing. I haven't talked to her yet, but I'm supposed to be getting on the phone with her tomorrow. But in the meantime, here is Militia Vox with Nictophilia. That was Militia Vox with Nyctophilia, or or Nyctophilia, I never know if I'm saying that right, but it's a great song. Actually, when I think about it now, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Susie and the Banshees, or The Creatures, I don't know. But it's got that metal guitar in the end, and I absolutely love it. And uh, she will be one of the artists featured in the cover of the uh, October uh, 2017 edition of Rockwired Magazine. Okay, now i got to get to something before you know it, it goes out of the news. But, the you know, the floods in San Antonio, you know, I mean... Poor people. I mean, you know, I you know, it's it's just been a nightmare for people. I actually talked to someone yesterday who's lost everything and is now living in Elgin County, Illinois. I mean, you are so far away from home, and you know, my thoughts are with them at the moment. But uh, but you know, the story of of, of this mega church guy, uh, Joel Osteen, you know, having this massive stadium sized church and not letting anybody into the floods. I mean, from the Floods. It's just you know, my goodness. What 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 do you guys not pay taxes for? I mean, these people needed help, and for a, 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 a doctrine that says it's all about helping people. Well, well, I don't know about that because I'm just becoming familiar with this term called uh, what's it called? Prosperity gospel. So I guess you know if you're if you're a victim of some sort of you know suffering like a flood, maybe you asked for. I don't know what, specifically what prosperity gospel means, but if anyone is listening and you happen to know a little more than I do, just email it to me at djlush at rockwire dot com, and maybe I'll discuss it on the next show. But uh, but you know just the 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 hum- the inhumanity of you know cutting people off. I mean now he's sort of backtracked. And uh, I guess he was on the Today Show, severely backtracking. And here's a little clip of that. I, you know, if, if NBC gets on me, no big deal. But here, here, here's kind of he, here, here's kind of a lay, a lay of the land of what he had to say after he was called out on social media by everybody
6: and pastor joel osteen is with us now pastor good morning to you thank you for getting up early with us we appreciate it
2: hey great to be with you all
6: well of course by now you're familiar with the criticism that the church has faced and i guess my question is to you why did the church wait until yesterday to start taking in people
2: well, our church, our church doors have always been open. And in fact, we we took people in right when the water started to recede, which was just a, a day or two after the big storm hit. But we work very closely with the city. Four miles down the road, the city established its biggest shelter with, you know, with room for thousands, with, with beds, with kitchen supplies, with everything they need, security. They didn't need us as a shelter right then. And we coordinate with them all the time. If we needed to be a shelter, we would have certainly been a shelter right when, they, right when they first asked. But once they filled up, never dreaming we'd have this many displaced people, they asked us to become a shelter. And we said, hey, we'd love to be a shelter. That's what Lakewood is all about. But I think this notion that somehow we would turn people away or we weren't here for the city is, is about as false as can be.
1: Pastor Osteen, it, it sounds like you think uh, the criticism itself uh, is unfounded and, and just a bit silly. But but you guys did put out a statement on Monday, and in that statement, you you said in part, "We are prepared to shelter people once the cities and county shelters reach capacity." I think a lot of folks probably read that or heard that and, and thought, "Why wouldn't the house of, of worship open its doors?" Immediately, initially, even perhaps before some of the other shelters. We're all about helping people. This
2: is what the the churches and our church is all about. So I think it's, I don't know if it's unfounded, but I think if people were here, they'd realize there were safety issues. This building had flooded before. And so we were just being precautious. But the main thing is the city didn't ask us to become a shelter then.
6: And Pastor Osteen, do you sort of wish you could kind of have a redo on the last few days? I mean, it has been a bit of a, a PR nightmare for you guys. What would you have done differently?
2: Yeah, I don't, I'm sure we've done something differently, but, uh, you know, the fact is I don't know that we would have opened or done, opened any sooner because, again, there were safety issues. I think sometimes, you know, somehow social media can be very powerful and they can create this false narrative. but. If you're sitting in another state and you're not here, I mean, my niece was stand, stranded right across the street from this building, nowhere to go. This this building was one foot from flooding. If we didn't have our floodgates, it would have flooded. And so it's easy to say, wow, there's that big building, they're not using it, but we don't have volunteers and we don't have staff that could get here. So. We're all about helping the city whenever we could. If they would ask us to become a shelter early on, we would have prepared for it all and been ready to help. But, hey, thank God we can do it now and help the city, you know, in this way.
1: Yeah, so that was him on the Today Show. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of morning programming, not a big fan of those fluffy little morning news programs, but at least it seemed like Al Roker there was putting him to task a little more than some of those other dames that were that were asking him questions but anyway not too far after he had you know done that interview he addressed his own congregation and it's a pretty sizable congregation but uh, but you know the, 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 it just has to be heard to be believed it's just you know, I mean, talk about playing a victim and, you know, and, and guys like him don't want you to play victim. They want you to be, have faith and send him money. But just listen to this.
2: The forces that are for us are greater than the forces that are against us. Now I realize this is not just an attack on me. It's an attack on what we stand for, for faith, for hope, for love. Jesus even said, When the world hates you, remember it hated me first. I don't pay any attention to the negative chatter on social media. Never read the negative comments. If you let social media run your life, you'll never fulfill your purpose. My reputation is in God's hands. He knows how to protect, how to vindicate, how to promote. That's why I'm at peace. I know we did the right thing. The truth is We won't reach our destinies without opposition. David in the scripture wouldn't have taken the throne without Goliath. Goliath was ordained by God to help David become who he was created to be. David faced this same thing. He said in Psalm 35, I am attacked by people I don't even know. David, I feel your pain.
1: Yeah, Reverend Osteen, it's all about you. They're just after you. They're after you for for not opening your doors to these people. It's just, it's just, it's insanity. I mean, the money that gets thrown to this guy. I mean, what do you not pay taxes for? You know, you have a stadium-sized building, and you have a city that's flooding. I mean, you know, I mean, take, I mean, take a tip from Noah's Ark. I mean, he took two of everything and threw it in. I know it's a bullshit story, but but you know what I mean. It's from a book that he reads and believes in, and it's just you know wow and and I can't believe the applause of what he's uh, th- that he's getting you know for 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 this for, for this insanity it's just nuts to me I mean I say tax the religions but uh but i I should keep that quiet I am doing a piece on religious rockers coming up soon so <laughs> I' better keep my mouth shut but anyway, I had to get that off my chest and now back to some rock and roll uh there's this the band station who are on the cover of the current issue of Rockwired magazine. They've got an amazing song out and an amazing and an equally amazing video and me being a kid of the 80s, I can totally appreciate it. I had a chance to speak with the band's lead guitarist Chris Lane on the on the on the the band's, you know, status on how they've, you know, upped their game and how they've noticed, you know, the, how they're reaping rewards from upping their game and here's what Chris had to say.
8: We have, you know, I mean, something, something that's, that's very much changed in the band is the sense of, uh, let's just call it band security. Um, you know, when we released that album, we recorded it a year before we released it. So one of the things was, you know, that's what, 2014, the band formed in like, first show was in 2011. So there was not that much time between those two things. And, you know, we had, kind of played shows out and around, but beyond usual, but we are kind of limited to the three-day weekend styles of shows, um, you know, going up to New England, going to the Mid Atlantic, nothing, nothing that crazy. When we released the first album, we had that mentality of like, okay, I hope this works, because if it doesn't work, we don't know if we can afford to be a band anymore, you know, to release new music and stuff like that. So, you know, now the band is in a very different place, because since then we've toured very extensively... Uh, through the united states we've reached a lot of new people and you know i mean we're still a very small scale group but at the same time we've kind of reached a point where we have a certain level of security built into the fact that we're like okay now we can actually do this and it's not a trial and error thing it's more just a how can we build more so it's, a, it's an interesting new place to be and it's exciting because we can focus on different things
1: and here is station with their brand new single all you need is a heartbeat Station with all you need is a heartbeat and uh, there's a new album from them coming out this song will not be on it this is a standalone single but you know they're hard at work on a new album and I can't wait to hear the fabulous results of their toils in the studio once again that was the band station now another thing I need to get off my chest is this thing called burning man and the people that go to it and um, you see, I'm I, I'm half black, I'm half American Indian, Yankton Sioux. You know, Rockwired is the first, you know, American Indian owned rock music magazine, and but the, you know, I, I gotta throw that in any chance I get, don't I? But anyway, um, you know, this the, the whole new age thing is something that's always never sat well with me. You know, this whole thing about, you know, everybody being tribal and, and, you know, and acting a fool in the middle of the desert. It's 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 something that's always turned me off. It's turned me off ever since I moved to New Mexico in 1994. I was away from New Mexico for 10 years, but came back to it when, you know, the economy tanked. But, uh, but you know, the, the whole New Age thing has always rubbed me the wrong way. You know, the whole thing... Of not bathing, of of not of of you know of being a quote unquote artist or artist or whatever, however you want to call it, it it just doesn't. It just never did. It 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 seemed trivial to me. It seemed stupid, you know. And I guess this year's Burning Man (laughs) really resulted in a Burning Man. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of that, but the guy died running into a fire or something, and uh, and it was. And it's just a mess, but you know, uh, what, what infuriates me is Indian people going along with it. You know, don't you see? Get a sense that you're kind of being mocked. I'm looking at this article on Huffington Post, or I guess they're calling themselves Huff Post now. You know, according to the to, to the to the title of the page, but. Uh, but you know, you've got these you know traditional looking Indian folk uh, looking. I don't know what they are or who they are, but uh, but you know, all in traditional regalia, and you've got these you know Mad Max people, you know, and it's like you know, what planet do you think this is? This is this the, the, this is just craziness to me. It's insanity, you know, in these fake teepees in the middle of of the uh, of of the desert. The, the, I, I, I think it's in Nevada or something. I, I don't even know where Burning Man takes place. I've known about it for years. But anyway, I'm looking at this article written by this guy, Jacob Devaney, you know, a contributor. I mean, everybody's a contributor to HuffPost. You know, you don't get paid for it. You just get up there and post something and get a ton of... Tr- get a ton of traffic you know nothing I post would ever make it on the Huffington Post I tell you and I'm looking at this Jacob Devaney guy looks like a kind of looks like a burning man type he's got a he's got a little silly hat i don't know what kind of hat it is you know a beard and a vest and you know uh, and, a, and a sort of a tie-dye blue shirt you know and it, and under his it says jacob devaney contributor using words art and media towards conscious evolution it sounds pretty burning man to me but you know i'm just going to read the first paragraph of this and uh, and 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 try to sound like one of them you know uh The theme of Burning Man this year was radical ritual and the indigenous people who have kept this wisdom central to their cultural beliefs for millennia showed up in full force. Last year, during Standing Rock, we witnessed how prayer is also an an action that Natives were joined by individuals from other tribes and nations around the world to stand up to protect sacred waters. The events surrounding Dakota Access Pipeline created many deep alliances. The Burning Man Red Lightning Camp along with the members of Unify, went to North Dakota to stand in solidarity and support water protectors. Members of the Standing Rock movement were later invited to visit Burning Man in what has become the journey from Standing Rock to Black Rock. The result has been nothing short of miraculous and uh you know it, it goes on and on it, there, there's there's no real journalistic value to this thing it's just a bunch of you know probably works for burning man and you know is you know talking about uh, cultures coming together and it just it, the whole thing looks like a disaster and it was a disaster some poor soul ran into a fire and uh here's a little news clip of that to, just to listen to
4: a man who to the flames at the burning man festival in nevada has died this is youtube video from this year's event in the black rock desert about 100 miles north of reno the local sheriff says the man ran through a human chain of security officers last night he was rescued by firefighters and later died at a hospital in california about 70,000 people are attending the nine-day art and music celebration which culminates with the burning of a 40-foot effigy made of wood in the past attend D's HAVE TRIED TO RUN INTO THE FLAMES AS A SYMBOL OF REBIRTH.
1: Yeah, it's too bad the guy died. It's that's just you know creepy to me running into a fire. I I don't know. I, I you know I can never you know I, I I'm Indian, but I can never camp outside. I can never l- live off the land. I'm too lazy to do any of that stuff. I like electricity and air conditioning and <laughs> and something to drink. And <laughs> but uh, but you know this speaking to what I was saying earlier about you know Indian people being you know trivialized. You know you know the this year it looks like the event went out of its way to trivialize Indians and you know and some Indian people go along with it Uh, and here's an interview clip of this uh, Chase Iron Eyes he ran for he's a standing rock guy activist it says on his Wikipedia page and uh, going on well you guys hear it here's what he had to say
2: we are all indigenous so we need to transcend and one way to do that is through the drum. Did
1: you get that? Well, anyway, you know, it, it, this is all audio from a video that was posted and was taken down, so I, I, I've held on to it. Now, uh, there, well, the, this is the sound that accompanies video footage of these guys banging on a drum in a very non-native way, more like a like like a Mad Max kind of way. And uh, but 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 the music you're hearing, we're going to a powwow, uh, is actually dubbed in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna you know. Get that out of the out of the way right right now. But uh, just because I think the song is funny, I'm going to put it in. And in the video, it, it 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 was shared on Facebook and it's not on YouTube, so I can't. Uh, there's not a way for me to share it on the pages of Rockwire.com. But you know, you can see this Chase Iron Eyes just just bopping to the music and with his eyes looking around, wondering if anyone's got a camera that they're going to bust him with for looking like a fool, (laughs) but (laughs) here's the song. We're going to a powwow. Doesn't sound like any powwow i ever been to. But, uh, you know, I, I, I guess there's a lot of music at this thing, too. I always hear, like, you know, uh, e, like EDM, uh, yeah, EDM, I guess is what it's called. Uh, EDM music being played in all the clips that you see for this thing. And, uh, and for people that want to live off the grid or, or not care if we have a power grid at all, I mean, do they realize that EDM wouldn't exist without, I don't know, power? But anyway, uh, one of the artists that was supposed to perform... Was is a native rapper by the name of Antoine Edwards Jr. And he had this to say about his experiences and I kind of applaud him for speaking out against them. And here's what he, a little bit of what he had to say.
3: Burning Man. I did not know what Burning Man was. What I was told was Burning Man is what you make of it. They said it's art. They said you could go out there and you could, of course, go party. And you could go out there and just be in the desert and basically just camp. So whatever. I know everything that was uh, surrounded about it, but I didn't know what to fully expect. Anyway, um, so basically what Burning Man is, is a bunch of rich people, rich, rich, rich people that have no respect for any indigenous peoples at all. They go out there and they they take cultures from all around the whole entire world, bring them there to disrespect them. They take the cult- They take the cultures, not knowing what anything means, and they disrespect it. There, at the, uh, at the festival, <coughs> um, we corrected. We pulled, we rode our bikes and we had cameras on us, and we uh, um, confronted people with uh, headdresses on. One of them we confronted, and we didn't confront them in a bad way. What we wanted to do was educate them. So we would go up to somebody, and 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 be like, "Hey, do you know what those feathers mean?" And instantly they would react and be like, I'm not gonna deal with this. I, my spiritual um, guide said that I can wear this and they, they believe, truly believe that they have the right to anything that we have. <clears throat> so anyway, I see a lot of people being bashed for being there. Uh, yes, I saw the water protectors specifically. I saw some water protectors there. We are some water protectors. I don't label myself a water protector, but I was in Standing Rock for like five, six months as a water protector, but not every single native there was there participating. Some of us were standing up and actually left. So what we're, speaking up basically put us in a position where we didn't have, wasn't provided with or even a flight home. It Put us out in the middle of Nevada in the middle of a desert because we spoke up against this. This uh, campus called Red Lightning that that hosted this uh, drum ceremony and all these other phony ceremonies Uh <coughs> So, basically, I feel like I was there for a reason to at least stand up and speak up to what was going on. I did not perform. I seen a comrade said I did not perform. Look,
1: I'm tired of talks about cultural appropriation, but things like this keep it going, don't doesn't it? I mean, and, and when you have Indian people complicit in doing it, it's it, it's like, you know, this argument's never going to go away, and, you know, and this is, you know, this Burning Man thing needs to stop. I mean, you guys need to shave and, and bathe and, and get out there and do something in society that's really going to move us along, not party and drink and you know and beat on a drum in the middle of the desert and you know and and say screw it all you know we we all got to help each other in this world it's a crazy world out there and this is just making it crazier and uh i kind of think i've said enough on this uh, <laughs> maybe some of you like burning man i don't i i don't know it's not nothing i'm too crazy about but anyway I got to get back to some music here and the next artist is Vajra and uh, I've I had been trying to get Vajra on back on the magazine for months but you know things kept us apart you know business and tending to our business kept us apart but I was happy to have Anna Maria the lead singer of Vajra to sit down and talk with me and her interview is in the latest issue of Rockwired magazine which you can check out right at, at rockwired.com just go just Click on the link and enjoy the little flip book that we've created. And uh, Vajra had, the, and Anna Maria of the band Vajra had this to say:
4: "It's
9: uh, you know, it feels great. It's, it's pretty awesome. You know that this this these crazy ideas in in, in my head are you know people are responding to and in, in a good way. You know, so it feels awesome. It's just it's been a bit overwhelming. Like you know, it, I, I this week I." I was out of my house at nine o'clock in the morning. I wasn't home till like twelve thirty one in the morning. So it's been tiring, you know. It's been just like a, a train running at sixty miles an hour. Um, but it's—I wouldn't trade it for the world. This is what you know. This is what we. This is what has to happen. This is what you got to do. You got to be all in, and and you got to push from all in. So it has it's been great. It's—it's um, it's, you know—it's—it's. It's, it, there's good and bad you know it's it's great to see the country I love being on tour I'm like a gypsy myself so I can be at home wherever I am um, you know I've lived abroad I've lived in India I've lived in Italy I also lived off you know New Orleans New York San Francisco so I'm like you know I'm used to kind of different spaces and I and I like that to me that's challenging to to navigate different subcultures and uh, find out who you are, you know, and sheds your ego because you learn more about yourself and why you do what you do and whether or not it's just training or indoctrination or whether or not it's something that's, you know, deeper inside. So I I love that stuff. Financially, it's been really difficult because uh, you can't work while you're on tour.
3: Right. I don't make
9: money. You know, we don't make much when we're on tour. You know, we're we're barely covering our costs, so it's uh it's rough. You know, but we we do it because we love to do it, and we know that we're building something right now. And so, um, and we you know when we're when we're out there playing shows, there's nothing like that. That you know that I that experience of, of 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 communion with you know dropping the ego and just sitting into that base of of the music is is what keeps us going when we're on the road you know and and everything else melts away
1: so and here is vajra with their latest single the mirror That was Vajra with The Mirror and you can check out the music video for that one right here at rockwired.com Up next is the band Edge of Paradise who've had a big year this year with the release of their latest album which topped the hard rock heavy metal charts on Amazon and any time a band that we support does such a feat it makes you feel good but in the upcoming October edition of Rockwired Magazine their lead guitarist Dave Bates has made the list of Rockwired's favorite uh, active rock guitar in our special feature kicking axe and that'll be a fantastic issue dave will be featured in it and here's what dave had to say about the band
5: it's a cool it's a cool direction and and we started experimenting with it and then it was um something that was kind of like wrote itself that way you know It, it felt right and then it just once you started feeding it we just kept getting cooler and cooler ideas in that direction so kind of refined that that was the right direction to go in i think because there's a lot of bands doing the whole female fronted symphonic thing and that's not really you know i don't think we're really into that that's it's been overdone and and i I, we really dig the industrial thing we really like the heavy thing and then meeting chuck was a was a good thing and i've kind of known chuck for a few years but you know his background was, was definitely something that would align well with this so it was kind of a neat thing and then we had a new guy um, Jay Rustin mixing I guess he's mixing alive and he mixed uh, crazy mixing one more on the album but he did you know he, he's in that heavier vein too so he did like anthrax and pop evil and uh, did steel panther a bunch of different bands and you know that are a little more modern too and he's doing stone sour right now uh, so it's a good fit and then, uh, of course we had Michael Wagner mix the ballad on the album. So that, that's kind of going to be neat to get that out there. And, uh, I don't know. It definitely is a good direction for us to go in. You know, I think it's where we should be.
1: Here is Edge of Paradise with Alive. Edge of Paradise with Alive and you can check out the lead guitarist Dave Bates in the upcoming edition of Rock Wired Magazine in, uh, coming out October 2nd. He's made the list of our top uh, active rock guitarists in our Kicking Axe feature. So uh, congratulations to the band on that front. And up next is the band Dishwalla. They are a band that comes from the 90s they, they had that big hit Counting Blue Cars but uh That song is better known for by its chorus, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on God. Well, that was them. (laughs) And uh, now they're back. They have a new lead singer and a new album called Juniper Road, and they've been signed to Pavement Entertainment. And uh, we we had a chance to speak with the band's keyboard player regarding the the change, and here's what he had to say.
10: Well, you know, it's interesting. It was a very different trend, you know, very. It, it was definitely a transition uh, They're very different singers uh, And they each have really unique qualities And I think that For us it's been a step Sideways and forward uh, In the sense of You know Justin still has a massive vocal Range and, and ability um, But he also brings a, a, a Live energy and a, and a showman You know he's a front man uh, You stick him you know, He's happy when you stick him in front of 75,000 people And ask him to jump around and entertain uh, you know that's a unique quality. Uh, you know it's kind of like politicians. Anybody that wants that job is immediately crazy, but uh, uh, but he's really <laughs> good at it. <laughs>
4: uh,
10: you know, but uh, um, you know he brings an energy to the band uh, that you we know, we haven't had in a long time because you know we've we started out that way and the band started out as a as a live powerhouse and then you know we sort of. Evolved into more and more, you know, our records became more and more studio oriented as you, you know, listen to the progression from our first record all the way through, you know, our the one before this last one. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we, you know, it, when, when us are reforming, having to reform around a new lineup, um, you know, it, it was really, you know, an opportunity for us to focus on what we loved most about music. And Justin brings a part of that because he's just in there. And just going for it. He's not afraid of anything. And, uh, that, that gives you unlimited possibilities when you're making records. So, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm really happy with the job that he did on it.
1: From their album Juniper Road, here is Dishwalla with Sirens. Ladies and gentlemen, we came to the. We're at the end of of the of rock show, our second edition of rock show, and I thank you all for taking the time to listen. But you know, the one thing that I've never had in all the years that I've been podcasting, I've never had that epic outro. I mean, with a big score and everything. So I'm going to start. You know, we we'll start with a little music. This is the theme to uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. It's been used in about 20 other movies, but uh, I think it's apropos. Now, what did we learn in this show today? <laughs> Not that it's an educational show, but we learned that, you know, Burning Man sucks. Uh, it's, uh, you know, stinky people in the desert is never a good time. You don't run into a fire. We learned that, you know, if there's a flood and you've got some space, let people in for Christ's sake, you know. And, uh, I don't, and, uh, and you know, and, uh, and, and we also learned about what's coming up. In the October edition of Rock Wired Magazine, so do keep your eyes peeled for that, and that's happening October second. So I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, thank you for joining us in the second edition of Rock Wired Magazine. I'm your of rock of rock show brought to you by Rock, rock Wired Magazine. Sorry, it's a lot of rocks in there, but anyway, uh, I'm, I, I'm Brian Lush for Rock Wired Magazine, and remember, keep your eyes forward never look back and make it up as you go The Rock Show is brought to you by Rockwired Magazine and is available exclusively at rockwired.com because rock is
3: life